Hey, today we are talking about seeking out your soul. And I don't know that I say that directly in the podcast because, you know, why would I? It's only the title. Um, but we are talking about like, stop just pressing past this freaking moment of like pain. We, we just keep adding and adding and adding and losing and losing and losing. Like the reason that we're all losing ourselves in this moment is the fact that we're adding on so much that we don't even know who we are. And we're talking about that today. We're talking about finding how, how do you rediscover yourself? How do you find yourself? And it doesn't go without exploring the pain and the, the majesty of yourself and your, your strengths and your own like inner call to who you want to be not who you were told you could be, not who, not what you were promised. Cause quite frankly, we've all been promised just this kind of terrible existence. Like let's go ahead and get through that and allow ourselves to experience the beauty of the world because it's true. It's out there. It's real for a lot of people. And you have to, to, to want that and believe that it's possible. And so we're discovering that today. We're talking about that. I don't know. There's just a certain buildup of, of people starting to realize that happiness maybe doesn't look like what we were told it would. And I want to keep exploring that. I want to keep diving into that idea of the painful narratives that we're clinging to that are misleading us in life. Let's go. Hey, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast. You know, this whole journey, the entirety of this work really was based on this idea that I had shown up in life feeling fine. Feeling just fine about my life. And I had decided that fine wasn't good enough. That I wanted more. And more than anything, I decided that I wanted to live life on my terms for the first time ever. And season one, the very beginning of this podcast, of this daily journal podcast of what a journey out of that place looks like, season one really explores a ton of different paths to what was meant to be my destiny. And now we're moving into season two and there have been twists and turns that I could have never expected starting this a year ago. Starting to just show up and ask questions. And if you want to start all the way back in season one, you can start there. If you're starting a journey, it's a great place. There's a lot of exploratory vision work that happens. There's just a lot of movement through understanding myself better and understanding what I even wanted my terms to be. Now that we're moving into season two, this really becomes sort of the coaching portion of walking, walking that dream, taking those first steps, some of the things that might happen to you, some of the things that have happened to me as I explore and move into this new path. 
And so it's really just meant to walk along with you. If you ever needed someone to hold your hand, you ever needed a community to support you changing and challenging and growing, that's what we're here for. We're here five days a week to help you keep growing. That's what the Death of a Dream podcast is all about. We're so grateful that you're here. Hey, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast. You're here with your host. That's me, Hannah Ness. Um, Okay, let's ground ourselves in our greatness. This is like a vital step to just starting to champion your own life. We have to start speaking to it. We have to start moving in this direction of greatness that we determine. And so when we practice, you know, calling greatness back into our lives based on things we recognize as great, not even based on what everyone tells us, because if you're doing it every day, you're going to run out of a list from other people of the great things about you. You're going to have to come up with some of your own. And that may start to like bridge this gap between you knowing who you want to be and the things that you enjoy and love and find a lot of, right? If we start doing this, it's going to leave clues. What are the things that you love? What are the things that you feel great about doing? And those clues will inevitably lead you back to yourself, period. And so like, let's just do it. My great thing from yesterday, who, uh, who, I don't, you know what, honestly, like I made, and we know cooking, right? Come on. I made this dish and it was like a very short, like thrown together thing. I had minimal ingredients and like, it was probably one of the best things that I've ever made. I am not even being dramatic and like trust. That's definitely where I lie is like in the drama space, but I, I can't even believe it. I made a uh, shrimp Alfredo and the Alfredo tasted. Okay. Prepare yourselves, prepare yourselves for this. It tasted better than Olive Garden Alfredo. Yeah, no, I'm not even joking. This is like the realest life that I can live. This is my truth right now. I am not out here to offend anyone. This is absolutely my truth. This is the greatest thing that I've ever done. It was so good. In fact, my family ate like the leftovers even. I wasn't like, oh, it'll probably taste better warmed up. Like it doesn't even matter if it tastes better or worse warmed up. It's still better than anything we've eaten in a while. And it was so simple. And I feel like I can remember the recipe right up here in my head, although I will go ahead and not allow myself to do that. So I know that that's where we run into trouble. I did it. And every time that I cook something wonderful, it will be brought here. You can trust that. That will be a consistent theme in this greatness because that is something that I want to get better at. Also, dancing. I danced again this morning. I came up with like some super killer routines and I am just saying if anyone wants to invite me to some sort of um, dance club, I would certainly not impress anyone there. But here's the thing. Like I'm doing it because it makes my heart happy. 
it makes me feel really great. And I don't even know, are these good dance moves? They seem like things that I've seen in dance videos. I'm certain my execution is not as crisp, clean, or professional as those doing these actual dance moves. But I'm just saying, like, it feels great. Okay. We're going to dive into, like, the meat, the meat and potatoes of this episode because I can't, I can't stop myself anymore from it. We have to keep going. We have to keep moving in this direction. This direction is not lost on any of us. Let's do it. Yesterday, we like struck a chord with so many people who have been struggling with their own kind of, gosh, burnout moment, right? And so many of us feel that and that isn't generation specific. You know, right now I'm reading up on millennials and their generational burnout Um but it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. And the truth of the matter is like, I'm telling you my very narrow view of what I've experienced. We should know that I'm going to go ahead and put an asterisk on this and tell you that I am experiencing a very middle-class white female experience. And that's what I can speak to. I can't speak to people who have it much much, much worse that have even bigger layers and struggles with what I'm talking about. Burnout in my generation, burnout in my race, burnout in my class is is very tried and true. But for other races and ethnicities and, you know, gender roles and people who experience struggles with sexual identity and their, their different experiences in this world, like everything times 100 of what I'm saying for struggle. Like my struggle is very specific to those things that I have experienced and I will continue to speak on those. And you should know that if it's bad, for me, it is life-stopping for other people who have even more layers, right? Even started even further back than I did. This is a very privileged, white, female version of what I've experienced and I struggled. And so if that does anything is like give permission to people who had it even worse to people who've had it even better, right? There's no, there's no like, oh, you get to recover from this because your trauma was this and it was so much worse. And so you should take time to recover from it. No, like we all experience trauma. We all experience heartache and pain in different ways. What I want to go ahead and point out today is that my experience is a very privileged one and while I have struggled, I have not struggled as much as other people who have experienced additional layers on top of what I'm talking about. So here we go. <sighs> Burnout. And today in the bonus episode, I am talking to Ashley Lang, who is like a leadership life coach. She's a doctor on the subject, for goodness sakes. But I listened to her speak a couple of months ago, and she had said something that really stuck with me. And that was this fact that no matter who you are, you have to feed your strengths. 
So when you're feeling down, when you're feeling down and out, right? Like you're not feeding the very things that give you life. And so when we talk about burnout, I think the two things go hand in hand. And so it's amazing that she was my guest and we can speak to this. But when you think about it, so many times we're just pressing the gas pedal down and we're trying to escape those negative feelings. And this is what I've experienced. Although like I'm super shiny and optimistic and that's wonderful, not being able to experience bad feelings, negative emotions, limited my capacity to take on the world, thus leading to burnout and also leading to this unfillable bucket that existed, right? Because I'm searching something that I don't even know what it is. There's like this elephant in the room of what success is supposed to be like for me. And it was never going to happen going down the road that I was going because I wasn't saying what success was. And so there's no wonder that burnout comes along with that. And you think about how a lot of us were raised, how a lot of us lived most of our adult lives, you know, not even specific to my um, millennial upbringing, but like so many of us live with the same idea of what that is. And we never put ourselves on the table because we're always chasing this sort of never ending movement of success, right? And that leads to never stopping, never, ever stopping, continuing to move, continuing to chase, continuing, and then working ourselves into worlds where we're not even allowed to stop moving, even if we wanted to, right? Like, because of this narrow-minded, preached idea of what success looks like, right? Cars, houses, just continuing to move up and make more money. And when that's what success is, right? Like that's what we're preached. That's what we're told some of us. And so then all of a sudden we get those things and we still don't feel happy. And so the normal reaction to that is press forward, add more, move up faster, see who you need to know. And this, this is exactly where I was at in my story right? I had been told in my last review, hey, you know what? Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. I know that you want to move up, right? Because that's what I was told that I should do. So I think you just, you need to add more. You need to be in more organizations. You need to get your name out there. You need to do these things. And that's probably true. And I remember going back and being like, that's it? That's the only way that I can move is to add more to move even faster, to do even more. I don't feel like I have more to give. And it wasn't that like I have no work ethic and I have no ability. It's like, I don't even know. I don't even know me well enough to know what to add at this point. Right. And so that was the struggle point. Like that's all that you can give me is more. Do more to move. I don't, I don't know what I would do more for, right? And luckily, my husband and I had been working to take this like financial kind of target off of the table, right? So then more wasn't this never ending like seeking of just more things, more physical things, more ownership of things. More really was, hey, go downstairs. Sissy's watching a Christmas movie. 
Henry's downstairs. Yes, she is. Sorry. And close that door. Okay. <laughs> hey, you're fine. Just go downstairs. Henry's down there. <sighs> okay. Four-year-old managed. Here we are. We're back. I kind of. I can still kind of hear her, but I think she's going downstairs. This is her sister's down there. She does not believe me. Okay. Back. Here's the deal. Like, you're going to get to that moment, likely, no matter where you're at in life. And all of a sudden, you're going to go, I, what now? What do I do more now? What am I going after? Do I just stop here? Do we just ride out till retirement? And then what? Oh, that's when I get to live my life. Oh, okay. Cool. I'll just wait it out. Just keep working my way up. Just keep networking. Just keep finding ways to expand that don't really have anything to do with me or any reason that I would want to be in that work. But like, that's what I'm being told to do. So do that. Add more. Add more. Add more. Add more. And there really was no, I couldn't, I kept looking like, what's the reason? What's the tie? What is this going to do? And, you know, that's, that's what we look for. What is this going to do for me? How is this going to continue to elevate me and the work that I want to do? How does this align in some way? What is this going to do? And that thought process was just so exhausting to me because it was, it was coming up more and more. And you know, I used to be able to go a year. I used to be able to wait for my review. And then and then I would start to feel this, this anxiety and this like pressure to, to do more, to move up, to, to keep moving my way to success, to keep moving the bar, so to speak. And it was never, it was never happening. And the instances between that time were becoming shorter and shorter, thus building up to this moment where I was like, Am I just going to keep adding more until I can't breathe? I have no more to give. I have no more room. And quite frankly, I don't know how any of this contributes to my own personal growth and goals. And so I had to fall back and I had to start experimenting with things that I enjoyed doing. And testing those things and looking at what, what it might look like for me to venture down my own path or what it might look for me to, to just do something I enjoy doing. Like, what do I even enjoy doing? And the problem wasn't, wasn't at all that I didn't want to work anymore. The problem really was that I didn't even know what I was working towards. You know, like, I had, I had practiced for 30 years pushing down these feelings and completely ignoring them and acting like they weren't there, acting like it wasn't important to know that I was working on because success was inevitably the end goal. But if you asked me what success was, I couldn't describe it, right? And so many of us just like pass by that one and we're like, to be happy. Can you describe what happy is? Can you accurately describe what success is for you? Or is it somehow encapsulated in some narrative that you've been told your entire life? Like, 
That's what's leading to that burnout for me. This inability to describe what my life looks like to me. This inability to control or contribute to what I wanted. Had I ever sat back and listened? Or have I spent the entirety of my life structuring an instance where listening was impossible? Because the honest reality of what I knew was being said was so much harder than just continuing to push it down and continuing to ignore these feelings and continuing to misunderstand, misinterpret, and completely write them off. Any of the feelings of the things that I wanted to do, I you know, should definitely spend my time demonizing the things that I am not good at, focus all of my time and energy on fixing those things, and never focus on my superpowers, right? Never focus on the things that I am intrinsically, beautifully good at. In fact, some of those things were demonized right along with my strengths. (laughs) That's the fun world that we live in, right? And all of these moments sort of came together in like a colliding of the icebergs, right? In the Stone Age or whenever that all happened. I don't know. I still, I'm still challenged by all of that. I don't know what part of school I wasn't listening. Listen, I wasn't not good at school. You should know this. I think I was told I wasn't good at school. You know, my learning style, my ability to take in information is just a lot different. But what you should know is the moment that I am interested in something, like it is nonstop research, understanding, studying, asking questions, like Google is on standby for every single conversation that I may have, like it doesn't stop. And That's such a unique way of exploring the world. And that can be very jarring to some people because, well, that's kind of a a crazy approach to anything. And so a lot of people will like guide you back to the normal. Like you should look at a bunch of different things and you should explore the world in this way. And, you know, inevitably that that probably also led to the burnout, like my exploration of things in that way. But I think it only led to the burnout because it wasn't true to me and the things that I wanted because I didn't have time to think about that. My only goal and like end point was success and success that I was not capable of expanding on or talking about. And so... (laughs) Uh, right? We're just so good at ignoring that. Ignoring the things that are going to give us life. Why? Because, right? Like we're told that that's probably not any way that you can make money. Right? We're like 
the only thing that we are generally promised is the idea that life is probably going to be mostly miserable. And maybe that hasn't been your experience and like you were <laughs> born into a much, much better environment than I was, but that was kind of what was promised. Work is miserable. If it isn't, it isn't work. And you probably will never make money at that, right? What a beautiful, bright, shiny world to be promised. Gosh, it's it's really a wonder why a lot of us aren't inspired by our working lives, why a lot of us are feeling burnout when that's the promise, right? Like, no freaking wonder. Why do we all get here? Why are we all feeling so burnout and exhausted and like 2020? Why is everyone getting to this place where they're going? Yeah. Wow. Right? We finally had a chance to slow the frick down for a second. And maybe some of us couldn't fast forward past this point. And I felt like so much of my life had been fast forward. And not really focused on any of the things that I wanted. Like here I was wishing that I could build this beautiful life for my children where they had experiences with their parents. We built traditions, right? And I wasn't able to build traditions because that would mean that I had to sit down and actually do things with these people. I don't have time for that. I'm trying to be successful. I have to continue adding. And I just reached this breaking point where I was like, I have nothing more to add. And if I keep adding, it will keep subtracting from the very things that I'm trying to build. Like you are going to probably get to that breaking point. And at that point, all of a sudden, you start releasing yourself from the buildup of things that no longer serve you. And you can start focusing on things that you actually want. You can start feeding your own strengths, right? And thus feeding your passion and your lifeblood. But you have to acknowledge first that you've been feeding something that wasn't feeding you back, right? This never-ending push and drive to hustle and kill and like find success deemed by other people, that is misserving all of us. Because basically, we were promised something that was never going to happen, right? And that's what I'm reading in this book right now, which is so beyond serving me. I can't even begin to tell you. I don't even want to tell you. You won't even believe it if I did, right? Just buy the book. Can't even. By Anne Helen Peterson, I think. Yes, I got it. Okay. This is the exploration of that idea. Like, let's continue healing from that. Yesterday, my post was really about, you know, I, I'm probably about nine months away from that burnout moment and it finally feels safe to start exploring it. And you'll know what it looks like to explore and heal. Um, 
And we've been kind of hinting on that journey, you know, how hard it was. And you know when that time comes, when it's time to start healing from that. And I can't, I can't tell you that it wasn't traumatic because it was extremely traumatic. Most of my identity was wrapped up in that. All of my self-worth was wrapped up in that, right? That's how I made money. Money to me equals worth, power, life, right? And that's what I've been told. That's what I've been promised. That's what most of us have been promised. That is success. And it just, it wasn't true for me. And it wasn't, the more money I made, the less successful I felt, to be quite honest. You know, and not that money is evil, like trust, the plans here are are bigger than anything I would have ever done in that space. But it wasn't ever according to me. It wasn't ever anything that I really set out to accomplish, it was basically my plan B, honestly, probably my plan C, if I'm being 100% honest, I'll go ahead and be that. And so now we can start to process and heal from that moment and start to talk through that for anybody who is experiencing that for anybody who has experienced that, like, how do we heal and navigate that space now that we're ready, you know, and the the biggest thing that started on that path was really starting to acknowledge and talk about the things that could feed me, the things that I enjoy, right? And that's such like, that's such a weird thing to say. It almost makes me uncomfortable to say it because it's, it's just not normal. You know, and and maybe I live in a weird, weird world and you can't, you can't get on board with that. But like, it's not normal for people to enjoy all of their lives. Like the whole thing, not just the weekends, not just vacations, not just like, you're not supposed to smile this much. You know, the greatest time that I have every day (laughs) is when I produce the um, artwork cover photos for my YouTube channel (laughs) because it's just me. It's every day. It's, it's happiness. It's, it's true happiness. And every day I look at those two photos that I take and I'm like, that, That's what we've been after. That's what we've been seeking this whole time. This person, this one, that's like happy without a prompt. That's happy without things. That's happy without a purpose or a moment or like, that's where we started. Like, can you be happy stripping everything back? What does that look like for you? And for me, it it actually took the physical stripping of all of that to understand because I had been trying to get happy and fake my way out of happy the same way everyone else was. Like, oh, it just looks like shopping at Target on Saturdays and getting coffee and like trust. Those things still give me life, but like 
not the real kind. Like, what does it honestly look like to strip all of that back? Because I had started and stopped this process so many times and I had pretended like a workout and a couple motivational quotes were enough to just fuel my life through this moment of miserable. And it just wasn't. It was all just fake and it was complete bullshit. And I apologize for anyone who followed along and felt like I had it figured out and felt like, holy crap, this girl is so amazing and I should be inspired by her, but I also kind of hate her. Like, I don't, I don't know, but I can tell you today that this person stripped, removed of anything that would equate success. I can see and feel her happiness. And it's, it literally started with just starting to explore the things that would inevitably give me life. Like, what do I enjoy? What do I like doing? And what would make me happy? Even removing all of the norms, even removing all of the things that make us happy, like what will actually make you happy and sustain that happiness? Even if nothing else was there, like what is it at the root, at the core? And so many of us this year are experiencing those moments where it's like, I just like, I want to be happy. Being home makes me happy. Being with my family makes me happy. And so as we kind of come back and start to recover from this 2020 moment, I think a lot of us are going to experience this burnout moment. If you already haven't, you'll start to experience it as you re-enter the world. And hopefully we can cling to just this idea of happiness once removed, right? Like at your core, what does happiness look like? And if you could do anything in the world, what would it be? And take success, take money, take all of those things off of the table and start to think and navigate what that looks like. Because we can't really get there unless we put that as an option on the table. And a lot of us were promised the exact opposite. And I want to start changing that narrative. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, want to check out more on the death of a dream and on me, your host. Uh, you can head over to hannahnuss.com. That's where you'll find everything, everything that there is to know about me, the work that I do, and about where the death of a dream comes from. We have blog posts there. You can sign up for the newsletter, which is basically just a guide on how you navigate through the things that we talk about every week. So head over there. You can also find all of my beautiful guests over on my Instagram. We have YouTube. We have the book. We got all the things. If you want to connect, you have questions, you need more help than we've given you on the podcast, go ahead and head over there. I'd love to connect with you.